0: to the Insurance Business Babes podcast, where we show you how we've grown our insurance and related businesses through talking about what works for us, what didn't work, and we'll help you grow your own business through our struggles and our successes. This show is owned by Cmed LLC and hosted by Kathy Klein and Joanna Wickoff. And now let's get busy. I am so excited to have Joanna on the show with me today. And for the listeners, this is our very first episode where Joanna and Kathy talk insurance. You are going to get so much value. Joanna is what, what, what I consider to be one of the top influencers in the Medicare market. Joanna, tell me how you got into the insurance slash Medicare business.
1: Thank you so much, Kathy. I got into the insurance business by a fluke. Um, I was working for Social Security Administration full-time. I had finished my master's degree by going to school after work for four years. And I thought that that master's degree in project management would get me a promotion. Nobody was letting me get a promotion over there. They was getting blocked and everything. And I had a lot of free time on my hands now. I was suddenly free on nights and weekends and didn't, you know, know what to do. Suddenly this guy met me on Facebook and he's like, uh, do you know anybody who's looking for part-time work? And I said, yeah, my disabled sister, who I just moved in with me. And she ended up going right back to New York where we're from. And he's like, well, what about you? Couldn't you use an extra thousand dollars on a Saturday to pay off Sally May? I said, you know, talking about paying off Sally Mae, that's about right. Cause I had incurred about $35,000 in student loans to get my master's. Cause I thought I was it was going to be worth it. Right. <laughs> um, and, and I don't re- regret my degree, my master's in project management is why I'm successful. But so I started with them and it was hard. I came No, from wait, what,
0: what was it started with them? Who's them?
1: Oh, so it was a company that focused more recruiting than selling. I, I don't, it was NAA, the, they call themselves the Alliance. And it was kind of like a, like an MLM, I felt, you know. So was it
0: insurance or
1: what it was, was it? It insurance, yep. It was an insurance uh, focus. They were focused on mortgage protection and final expense. That was their only two products at the time um, and a little bit of annuities. And they wanted you to recruit like before you were even licensed.
0: Oh, Wait. And- this sounds like A.L. Williams.
1: Very Do you similar. remember back
0: in the day? For those of you that are younger, you don't even know who that is. But A.L. <laughs> um, Williams is like, a, they, they changed their name. I can't remember what the name is now. Primerica? Yes, Primerica. And their main thing was they were and probably still are the MLM of insurance. <laughs> so this was a similar company.
1: Yeah, probably, probably a, a little bit above because they believed in having different companies like you know Mutual Omaha and Foresters and stuff. They used regular companies that I still use today, but you only got paid at about half of what Street is. Yeah, and but you don't know what you don't know. This is the bad thing about insurance, Kathy. You only know the limited amount of information that someone's willing to share with you. Or that you have time to Google, and if you don't think to Google that answer, and even when you Google the an answer, you might get thirty people's opinions because people don't know what they don't know. Like today, somebody shared on my post uh, on my Facebook page that I had said we were in cults back then, and it resonated with her, and she decided I actually am in a cult. Anyways,
0: um, <laughs> wait a minute. Long- what, why do you, why did she say it was a cult? And why do you say it was a cult? Companies like that don't want you to associate
1: with agents outside of them. They don't want you to talk about how much you're getting paid and being shown what full street is. They don't want you to know what they're getting paid. I found out that, uh, Andy Albright was getting like 170% of, uh, annual premium. And I was at 55%. What? So he was- so he was making more than me on what my work and I was buying the leads from him and he was reselling the
0: leads. No, like, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. So let uh-huh. me get this straight. So nice. you were not an employee. You were no. an independent contractor. Yes. And you were making a sale. Uh-huh. And what we, so for the listener, if you're not familiar with insurance, we have something called an upline. Uh-huh. And that upline, it, which is funny because it's like uh-huh. multi-level uh-huh. marketing, multi-level uh-huh. <laughs> marketing. But that's not really, I don't want to say that's how it works because it only goes down one level usually, right? It's just the person who's supposed to be training you. So you're saying that the person who was supposed to be training you was selling you leads, not giving them to you, but selling them to you. And on top of that was making more money per sale than what you were making. And you were not getting a salary. Is that what you were trying to tell me? Yes that is cray cray. I am so sorry. That is, that is awful.
1: It's cray cray. Now the good thing, Kathy is while I was there, I had a full-time job. Now they were pressuring me to quit my $80,000 a year job, but I could, I was not successful in sales because I didn't know how to sell. I didn't come from sales. I couldn't get a ride along. I was saying, Hey,
0: can I take off of work to shadow you? And they said, uh, no. And they they wouldn't, were they selling? Maybe they weren't selling. They were making all of their money off of their agents selling. Do you yeah. think that's what was going on?
1: Possibly. Or, I mean, sometimes they treat the downline like their own competition, you know. Um, and I couldn't even buy leads in where I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I had to buy leads in Gadsden, Alabama and drive two hours. You Why? Know, to- Because they only gave the leads here to the top producers. The first, the the brand new A leads went to the people who were already making a lot of money so they could continue to make more money. Does that make sense?
0: Now, were they located in Atlanta?
1: No, they were actually located in North Carolina.
0: Okay, but why couldn't you get the same kind of leads that you were driving for in your location? Like, I don't understand why they wouldn't let you buy those leads.
1: So new leads, they called them A-leads, brand new, fresh leads. They were only offered to agents who had uh, standing orders for leads that were given to the top producers. I obviously couldn't make, at that time, they wanted you to purchase like $1,000 a week in leads. And wow, I was brand new. I was wow, that's part a lot. Time. Yeah, I was brand new and I was part-time. You haven't told me how to sell yet. So we were buying what they called recycled leads.
0: Like oh, would, the leads that they've already been called like 400 times by other agents and they get mad when you call them.
1: Exactly. So what they did was, and this is how, you know, you work for this type of company. They would take that lead, that brand new lead. And five weeks later, they would resell it. And then five weeks later, they would resell it. Now, Kathy, if you buy a lead for $35, would you be mad if somebody kept reselling it? Because you you just paid $35. That should be your lead forever, Right.
0: Yeah, but, but for the listener, if you're new to insurance, there's something called um, exclusive leads, and those are leads that are not sold to other agents. And then there's something called just leads, and they're usually sold to like 15 different agents. It's crazy. crazy. If you're not the very first person that calls that person, then what's going to happen is they're just going to be mad when you call them. Mm-hmm. And, um, can, Joanna, can I just give a little plug for, sure. so I, one of the reasons why I started, I have a directory for insurance agents and mm-hmm. there's going to be, there's two sites. I'm going to mention them both because with the new Medicare laws, we're recording this in 2023 and the, there's a new law that says you can't pretend like you're Medicare. Well, my sites don't pretend like I'm Medicare, but there's some insurance companies that won't allow you to get a lead from a company that has the word Medicare in it. So I have two directory sites. One is called certifiedmedicareagents.com because that's what they do. And the other is called Mm certifiedsenioragents.com. So both sites will be up and running at the time of this podcast, but the leads will likely only be coming from certified senior agents.com. So it'll be like a double site where people can still find the old, the old one, but those are all exclusive leads. Like they're not being sold to 15 or 20 people. Or what happens is people come in and they read about you and they, they, they're like writing directly to you. They're not just filling out a form for some random person. But yeah, Joanna, that would have made me so mad if I had paid $35 for a lead because that's almost the lead price of an exclusive lead price. So they were selling what we call, what do we call those? Used leads, I forget. What are they called? Aged leads. They were selling you aged leads for almost the same price as an exclusive lead. Exactly. Wow. Oh, my gosh. How long did it take you to find out that you were getting ripped off?
1: Um, I wasn't the brightest tool in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I stuck it up for two years, you know. Um, and how they get you is the, the relationships. They try to make you feel like you're part of a movement, like you're part of a, a, a family. A cult. A cult. <laughs> so... I'm, The meeting, they wanted to meet every Thursday evening for an opportunity meeting slash training. And the training was only about five minutes from my office at Social Security. So I would leave work, you know, I would drive over to the hotel meeting area and I would sit there and try to call these leads before the meeting started. And, you know, my upline, he would come in, say hi to me, and then he would keep moving. He wouldn't even sit down and help me try to dial. And that was my biggest struggle, you know. Now, here's the thing, Kathy... Today, we know that I could have hired an appointment setter, right? Absolutely. Had, had somebody said, hey, Joanna, you have a full-time job. Let's hire you an appointment setter to call these leads on Thursdays and Fridays while you're at work. So you can just show up on Saturday and sell. That would have probably helped me sell immediately. But nobody told me that that was an option. And I don't think it was an option. And I think that they were trying to discourage that. Because the more, remember, the more leads you buy, you are the product. You are the consumer now. So companies that sell leads—if they don't care about your success—you're now their consumer, and they don't care if you ever close that sale, right? You just bought—you just bought a thousand dollars worth of leads.
0: Now they weren't—they were buying the leads themselves, right? They no, they own their the mailhouse.
1: They own their own what? Mail house. Mm-hmm.
0: So basically, it sounds to me like their business model was to get agents to come in and they would become their downline. Mm
1: -hmm. They had
0: two streams of income. One Mm -hmm. is they were making more money than the agents were when the things closed. And the second Mm -hmm. was of course the leads. So, and they weren't encouraging you to get leads any other way just to buy them.
1: They did not want, they didn't encourage you to network. They didn't encourage you to do it any other way. And then when I told them, so two years in, um, no, maybe in a year and a half. in this lady told me that I should sell Medicare. And I said, Medicare, I, I didn't know you could sell Medicare. And she's like, yeah, I set up a sign on my, she was doing durable medical shoes at the time, diabetic shoes. And I think that's a brilliant idea. And she's like, I set up a, a diabetic shoe table at like a health fair. And I put an me about Medicare sign on it. And I get about four sales on a Saturday. And I said, sign me up.
0: Oh my gosh. So how did you meet this person? She was going to
1: these opportunity meetings to sell life insurance.
0: Oh, just like you were. Uh uh So did she know that she was being ripped off because she was selling Medicare probably through a different, uh, upline? I
1: don't think she knew. Um, I don't think she knew. Um, now when I signed up for Medicare under her, I thought she was going to be my upline. Um, but Medicare is completely different and Medicare You know, there's about four levels, there's street or there's captive. And then above street, there's, you know, training levels. Right. Um, So they couldn't do the MLM style on um, on Medicare until they figured it out later. But they didn't this company didn't want to have anything to do with Medicare. They said, oh, you go get your little twenty dollars. Good money. There's no money in Medicare. Yeah, good. The company she signed me up with, her upline, they were contract houses though. They didn't do any training. So I struggled. That's how I became so, I would say, popular influencer, like you said, because I was in these Facebook groups trying to find answers. I was making friends with people like you and I was sprinkling my questions, trying not to offend anybody. Right. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, About a year later, I met one of my mentors, Joe Tritola, and he had created his own Facebook group that was supposed to be consumer facing. But he's like, hey, I don't really know how to do this Facebook thing. And you seem pretty good at it because I was um, I still am. I'm I'm an admin of the world's largest veteran Facebook group. Um, It's called Veteran Two Veteran Info, and they have seven hundred and thirty thousand veterans in there.
0: Wow.
1: Mm hmm. That's amazing. Yep. And so Joe's like, hey, you want to help me, you know, moderate this group because you know how to Facebook. And I was like, okay, you know, I I was the rookie. He was the seasoned person, right? And I used to do this thing called the rookie report. Um, But I was, you know, I was reteaching what I learned because I remember the struggle, right? I remember everybody was gatekeeping information. Originally, I didn't know how to do a presentation for a good four months because I had a little Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Now this was in your old upline, not in the Medicare, or was no, it this in the was Medicare? In Medicare
1: too? My Medicare journey wow. was not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at least
0: you knew a little bit about Medicare because you came from Social Security.
1: So I knew the entire federal side. I knew the extra help for Part D. I knew the Irma. I knew the Medicare entitlements, um, and that, and then also the QMB piece. I also knew. I didn't know the sales part. I didn't know the commercial part, right? The compliance pieces, right? And there's a lot. So with all my frustration of like, everybody's gatekeeping this information, this seems like nobody was really wanting to train. And so I was st- every time, and it goes back to my Air Force roots. In the Air Force, if you were a day ahead of somebody in your
0: training, you were
1: now their trainer. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, you can teach people stuff that, you know, and they don't, I do it in art. You know, I'm not, I'm not like a famous artist or anything, but I teach people what I know in, in the art world. So yeah, I get it.
1: Yep. And so that's like, if I had just learned something, I was like, okay, now Kathy, this is what I just learned. So this is, you know, this is what I just learned. (laughs) It could probably help you. Right. And so that's how my influencer journey began. It was all unintentional. I never imagined on being anybody's mentor. It was not in my business plan. I just wanted to sell some uh, Medicare to pay off my Sally Mae. And I didn't even plan on quitting the government. I just wanted some extra play money because, you know, the lifestyle, I mean, especially with inflation, 80,000 was really not all that much now, you know? It's really not, especially when you're, you know, your rent or mortgage is $2,000 a month, it's just not. So I started selling, uh, I would go to a Walmart after work in AEP after sell, after working all day, i would driving an hour to Walmart, sit there from five o'clock to nine o'clock and all day, Saturday
0: and Sunday. And hopefully hope that somebody would talk to me that day, you know, now, now I have a question about that because mm-hmm. did you have to pay? So for the, for the listener, a lot of these booths that you buy, you have to pay for, So Mm -hmm. my question is, did you have to pay for that booth or did your upline cover it for you?
1: No, I paid for it. I actually thought it was a great deal though. Back then is different than now. So back in 2018, this program was only $500 to sit there all AEP. And then they gave you back half of it and OEP if you had completed all the requirements, which was basically showing up and signing in and out every day.
0: I remember that, you know, but you're right. It has changed. Like You used to be able to bring your computer and and work, but now you you can't even, basically you have to sit there and do nothing, right? And you can't even entice people over to your table. But yeah, so you paid for your own table. Did you find out about it through your upline or did you find out about it through somewhere else? I
1: found out about it through um, Facebook. I saw this other um, IMO who said that they had a Walmart opportunity. And I was currently trying to leave the IMO that I was under that wasn't training. And I was like, well, this is a great opportunity because how else am I supposed to get in front of people? Get in front of people is 99% of the Medicare agents problem. Most insurance agents problem, right? Especially with the compliance. And so I moved several of my contracts to them to be able to participate under their wings. Um, They were probably not set up for rookies at the time, uh, especially people who are working part-time at nights on the weekends, you know, taking on an, a new agent who's part-time nights and weekends.
0: You, it's and not agent, profitable for them.
1: <laughs> it's probably not. And, and like, you know, even now I have to really think hard if I want to answer a text message at eight o'clock at night or if I want to answer a text message on Sunday morning. Uh, it's a very hard business decision for people like you and me you know, they have to really have the gung ho when I take on a part-time agent who's going to be communicating with me nights and
0: weekends, right? Well, you and I are going to have to talk about that. So <laughs> we'll have to get you a little bit more systematized, but anyway, so roll me sort of, okay, you've started your Medicare journey. You're at Walmart. How did that first, what was that your second year, your third year? Like when you that were was at Walmart. my
1: second year. Now, my first year was dismal. My first year I was certified for AAP. That was um, November 2017. I made a whopping two sales. Wow. Now, my very first customer for Medicare was referred to me by my best friend in life insurance who went to her church. And she had premium A. Uh, which means that she was paying about $445 at the time for her her part A, because she did not have 40 credits and she wasn't married to anybody for 10 years to get their 40 credits. And then she was paying high Irma, the highest level of Irma because she had um, a trust fund and then she was taking distributions. Right. So she was paying the most for her part A uh, B and D and somebody had sold her a prescription plan or she could sold it to herself Nobody sold her a Medicare supplement and nobody sold her a Medicare Advantage. Oh so you see, no. So she had a 20% exposure that was uncapped. And this is the problem in Medicare. So I meet her, and Kathy, this is a really sad story. I meet her and I find out that she has stage four metastatic breast cancer.
0: Oh no. So she can't get a supplement plan.
1: <clears throat> so she couldn't get a supplement plan. And her time was limited on earth. She ended up passing away January 22nd, 2018.
0: So I'm her plan so wasn't even
1: effective an entire month. Yeah. So her best friend was sitting near, next to her, helping her decide. And she was my second client. <laughs> and she said, I, I, I wasn't even trying to sell her. She's like, No, I, I want one of these plans because I want silver sneakers. And she had already had, um, she had what they call federal health insurance from her deceased husband. So she was in a good spot, you know, and I didn't even know at the time if you could have FIBA plus a Medicare Advantage plan uh, because I had nobody to call. I was a rookie under a company that never answered the phone. Right. Anyway, so she's still on the books today, but you know, my very first client was also my very first death.
0: Oh, um, and you probably didn't get paid for that client either. I because got charged. You didn't stay on the books yeah. for three months. Yeah, that's the trouble. When I mean, I help people all the time that are very sick uh-huh. with the expectation I'm not going to get paid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and so many
1: times we do that. So many times we help people. And I knew that, I knew that I wasn't going to get paid on her, but it was the right thing to do. And her, her son ended up calling me after she died and he said, I found your business card in my mom's documents. And I just wanted to thank you because the company that I put her with was Aetna, the Aetna PPO ended up paying all of her final bills.
0: Oh my gosh. Didn't that just make it all worth it? It You know, just knowing that the family was helped and that you did the right thing. That's, Uh that just makes this whole business worth it. You know?
1: So I, I actually thought I had to stop writing for six months, like life insurance to self-release myself. And this is where I this is why I'm so passionate about teaching agents what the release policies are and how to do it, because nobody taught me. And here I am stopped writing for six months, even though I wasn't really writing anyways, just to think I was I, to think that I was gonna be able to move myself and I didn't. And, and then when I found this place that had the Walmart opportunity, it was like a hurry up and like trying to get my releases. And I ended up actually getting a, a cease and desist from the company I was trying to get released from. Yeah. What? It's crazy. Cause I said on their Facebook, well, one of their guys had a Facebook group and he was trying to recruit for them. And I said, they don't release. That's all I said. They don't release. When well, it's
0: true. Right. It's true. True.
1: But you know, people can still sue you, even though you're. It's like you have to prove it, and they can bury you in legal fees. So they sent me a cease and desist, and they actually sent my for- my now new former mentor Joe a cease and desist, even though he didn't ever work for them or whatever, because they had lied to him and said we'll release Joanne, have her email this, and yeah, and I got the runaround. And
0: that's the dirty. What I've been told mm-hmm. is that to prevent like slander and things like that, you never say opinion. Uh you never say. you just explain a story like for example instead of saying they don't release you could say well here's my situation with them i asked for a release six months ago Uh they sent me this letter they did nothing they i called them on this date blah 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 and you just give the story and let people make their own decisions yeah that's what i've heard
1: we've learned right We've learned. Um,
0: so now did Joe become your upline? Was he in the other company with
1: he was in the th- he, not he wasn't in the company that helped me get the Walmart, he was in a different company. So after the a so my first my second AAP at the Walmart, my first AEP at Walmart, my second AP ever, I was a bit successful. Night- Tell me, how'd you do? Part-time nights and weekends with bronchitis and a failing gallbladder. So I was doubled over with my gallbladder pain. I didn't know what it was. I did twenty nine applications in about three and a half weeks now I'm sitting here thinking that I'm bad, a bad agent because people on Facebook were saying that they did five hundred you know, <laughs> and people lie
0: so much on <laughs> Facebook.
1: Right, I, I I learned that the five hundred that they're doing is really rewrites of their own customers yes. and PDPs, right? Yeah, um, that's and I never count those in my I numbers. I don't count ever. rewrites now either. If you're if you're my current client and I'm moving you from one to the other, you know it's client retention, but not new sales, right?
0: And and I don't count PDP onlys either at all. They're like prospects, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm like. 20, 20. I don't make enough money on those anyway. So you did how many 29? 29 mm-hmm. and that was your um, first time really sitting I at a Walmart. Mostly,
1: and I was mostly by myself with really nobody to call except Joe was answering some calls on nights and weekends. God bless his heart. I'm, That's I don't so know. nice
0: of him. And you weren't yep. even his agent. I mean, uh-uh. how, how cool was that?
1: So he had my Anthem at the time, but Anthem wasn't in this County that I was in. The only com- um, company that was in this County was Humana and United healthcare. Now my United healthcare was stuck at the company that didn't release me in time. Cause they were into what they call blackout. They, they waited <laughs> until the day that United healthcare went to blackout to give me a release. Just you so think I could... they did that on purpose. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's crazy. The shady games people play for a couple dollars, you know what I'm saying? And It's crazy because I hadn't sold United Healthcare before, so why why not release it? It's like, you know, when I have an agent now, if they're not doing anything and they want to go somewhere else, it actually saves me time and money to give them off because now my resources are not being used. My time is not being used. And my time is way more valuable than an override on a a rookie agent, you know. Anyways, so I started some, have some success. I was still full-time at Social Security. And I had my gallbladder up, which was starting to be the series of more health problems. And I was having some health problems. I was getting every virus that came into my social security office. Um, Bronchitis, strep throat, nonstop. And um, the government has to let you have some advanced sick leave. And so I I had to use some advanced sick leave for my gallbladder surgery because I couldn't sit up for two weeks. And anyway, so... That led to me, like the following August, this is how I left the government. The following August, I walked into the ER with strep throat, couldn't swallow. I had to get that clear liquid to open up my um, airways and everything. And I called my supervisor to make a sick leave request. And she said, We can't afford for you not to come in. Everybody else has already called out. You have to come in today or you're gonna be AWOL. I
0: I'm said, in the hospital. I'm in the AWOL.
1: You're going to tell an ex-military girl she's going to be wall. That's Who right. Who does that, right? Like, that's a big thing in our brains. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to arrest me?
0: What? You what? Know? Exactly. So you're having PTSD yeah. <laughs> because of the word. So what happened?
1: So I go into work, sick as a dog.
0: Wait a minute. Wait. You were in the ER yep. that day.
1: That morning. And in
0: that morning. Yep. And you went into work. Yep. So then what happened?
1: So they put me on the phones for eight hours. And I, I just told you I had strep throat, right? You know how painful How, how are you was? talking? Yeah. Right. Right. And they don't care. I was there for nine and a half years at that time. I had all the awards. I was doing extra work on top of my job as a fraud. I was helping um, Office of Inspector General do fraud investigations. I, I was the go-to, you know, anyways, um, so that night I
0: went home and wrote my resignation letter. You couldn't wait six more months till you had 10 years. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you a question. So you can say, you don't want to answer. Sure. How much money were you making on Medicare and your other business when you wrote that letter of resignation?
1: Not much at all. I had, I had maybe those 29 lives plus 10 more on the books, but remember I had just gotten paid in January. So I wasn't having, I didn't have any renewals yet except that one renewal from
0: 2017. (laughs) So you quit your job with 29 clients, 39 clients.
1: I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. (laughs) Oh my
0: gosh.
1: I wouldn't recommend it. So Kathy, I did did some bad things and I don't
0: recommend doing it the way I did it. Okay. Yes. Listeners, please do not quit your job when you have 29 clients. No. Yeah. And I teach way
1: different now, but my, I felt (laughs) like my back was up. Kathy, I was walking into work. This was a really bad work environment for me. I had already filed many grievances for, um, for discrimination, I had filed grievances for uh, workplace accommodations. I am a disabled veteran. I have a chest injury. They hired me knowing that I couldn't get a printer within three hundred feet of me, you know. And I, I like I have a chest injury. Some days I can barely walk at the time. Oh my and gosh! They were they gave the girl sitting next to me telework for six months. She was still teleworking, but I couldn't get five minutes of telework and I'm the disabled veteran. And so I filed many grievances. I was walking in the door crying. I was being treated like crap. I was the only person in my office that looked like me. Um, and it was really a bad work environment. Like people, my supervisors were scre- Like my supervisor was allowed to scream at me. The customers, Yes. It was a toxic work environment. Cause guess what? Nobody fires somebody for 30, 40 years there. They think that they control everything. This girl walked up to me. One of my coworkers walked up to me and threatened to kick my ass. And she wasn't at she wasn't work. At work because because I didn't take somebody that was at her front desk while I was in an appointment.
0: It was the greatest. Wait a second. Thing. I okay. So I have a question for you. Uh-huh. This sounds like totally like high school, but yeah. Did you get an attorney? No, I am so sorry, Joanna. You should have sued their asses should off. Excuse have, my language. Would
1: have. So here's the thing. One of my other friends that worked with me, he was a disabled veteran too, and they were going after him too. It seems like they had a problem with the disabled veterans in the office, even though we were the ones who were like the hardest workers, you know. So I I didn't do a lot of things. I didn't really know how to advocate for myself. I tried to go to the union. I wasn't a union member. Nobody really cared, you know. And here's the one thing, Kathy. In corporate world, HR is meant to protect the company, not you.
0: Oh, absolutely! They're absolutely meant to protect the company, so keep that in mind. Uh-huh. I wish you would have gotten an attorney, but it's probably been too long. I don't know how long ago oh, it was. Oh yeah,
1: and and I couldn't afford one. You know, like how oh no, can- they no no they would have
0: they would have done it on contingency. Oh. You know, people, but those days are over. Know.
1: People don't know. They don't know how to do it. You know, those days are over.
0: A third, they would have taken a third of whatever they got for you. Sure. Um, well, But anyway, so you quit your job. I
1: quit my job. Now
0: you're doing. Now you're doing Medicare full time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. what happened?
1: More bad stuff. <laughs> oh no. Well, all right. So how I paid my bills? That's probably the next question. I had emptied my thrift savings plan. I had like twenty nine thousand dollars in there, and that's how I survived because my cost of living at the time was pretty high. I was used to making, you know, I was taking home about four thousand a month. Plus my little Medicare money was like my play money, right? So I, I survived off of my thrift savings plan. Now I had by then I had moved some of my contracts from the place that gave me the Walmart. I still had the Walmart. Thank God. This guy I had moved my Humana to told me that Humana had given me market money um, and that I was gonna be able to do like seminars with it. And that was my business plan. My business plan was awesome. to do seminars. Yeah, you think. Okay. (laughs) This is why you really need to get everything in writing, Kathy, especially when it comes to marketing money, which is really like pie in the sky to some places. They make promises and then they don't follow through. So October comes, I said, hey, well, actually before October, September comes, I just quit my job. I said, hey, where is the marketing money I'm supposed to get for my seminars? I need to like start paying hotels and do mailers and stuff. Now, mailers should have already been done, but he wasn't mentoring me properly, right? Mailers should have been done in late July. Now, now I know that now, right? And he comes to me he says, oh, instead of seminars, I did a, a lead drop, a direct mail lead drop for you in Douglas County, Fulton County and DeKalb County. Now, I live in Douglas County. Fulton County is all of Atlanta from top to bottom. And then DeKalb County, you kind of need to carry a weapon on you to go there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I said, you know, I'm not going to look a gift horse in its mouth. So I said, okay, thank you. All right. Because, again, it's something that I thought was uh, October comes, no leads, October 15th. I said, hey, do you get any leads back for me? Because he did the mail drop on his account. And he goes, no, no leads come back for you yet. Now, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But when we mail out mail postcards, it comes back from the same address you mail it to, right?
0: That's right.
1: So October 30th comes no leads. Now, he said that he did an 8,000-piece drop. 8,000 pieces, the law of large numbers, one piece is going to come back. You're going to have something come back for every thousand. You expect about 20 pieces, right? Right. So I go to my IMO, his upline and say, Hey, I don't have any leads. Like, you know, this person promised me that my market money always being used on leads and I don't have any. So they hurry up and call a lead company. And they come back and said, Hey, we can match it three ways. Humana will pay to, you know, 2000, we'll pay 2000. You could pay 2000. I said, okay, sounds, sounds like a good idea. And this lead company, I'll tell you their name because that what an angel lead concepts Christopher Weir. So okay. we do lead drop, and leads start coming in seven eight days later, and I'm shocked. I was like, I thought this was going to take
0: like another month, right? And right because they because the first lead drop brought you nothing, <laughs> right?
1: And so leads start coming in, and I have a team of a couple agents now, and I'm giving out leads because I thought that was. A good up. Wait, was-
0: wait, you had already have agents under you. <laughs> yeah. So wait, I had you already agents under you, but you only had 39 clients. Okay. Wait a minute. So you started recruiting.
1: I didn't, I didn't start recruiting agents recruited themselves to me. So okay. remember I was teaching agents. So August, 2019, I opened up my house to agents from across Facebook to teach them extra help for part D and QMB and the things that I had learned that I knew and 15 people from Tennessee and South Carolina and Georgia showed up. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And we live streamed it. Now my mentor at the time, Joe Tertola helped me, you know, he was on zoom, you know, he did this part of the training for us, but people had already said, Hey, Joanna, um, you're who I want to train me. Cause you just learned, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, all right, come along, you know, and, um, the, the one who had given me her first, um, referral, she was at my Walmart. So I had convinced her to do the Walmart with me. So she was under me. And then, um, uh, one of my other friends that left the life insurance company that I was wanted to do Medicare. So he was under me. Now, remember I came from the recruiting mentality, so I didn't know it was wrong right? I wouldn't suggest a rookie to recruit now. I always say now oxygen mask first, because training new agents is a very time consuming activity, right? And you don't know if they're ever going to do anything with the 80 hours of training that you just gave them. Like I, I gave a lot of agents my time and never, you know, saw an ROI on it. You know, and a lot of new agents are really entitled. They want, they expect you to give them all your time and love, and then they won't go and do the work. You know, I had agents asking me, um, tell me it
0: was my job to buy them leads. I was like, nobody bought me a lead. <laughs> you just laugh and say, okay, next. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. I didn't know. Okay, so, so now you have your lead drop, uh-huh. you're getting leads in, you've got how many agents, three agents? Um, I would say about five by then. Yeah. You've got five agents. You're living off of your, off the money that you, you had from your other mm-hmm. job.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: now what happens? This is your third year in the business or your second year in the business.
1: My third aAP
0: Okay. So tell me what happened.
1: So thankfully I kept my Walmart and we were semi successful there. The Walmart manager hated us. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was difficult, but we made do. I think I did 60, 70 applications that year.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. You know, I was more comfortable. I was driving all over West Georgia. Actually, that year I had also driven up to Tennessee. I was selling, you know, wherever anybody, If you, if you were four hours away, I was willing to drive and get a signature. We didn't have technology back then, you know. And I was mentoring these agents. January 2020 comes. And you now this is right before COVID, and I had gone to Joe and I said, "Hey Joe, I want to come see you for a couple weeks." Um, to he was in Florida, I want to come sit at your office for a couple weeks and learn the things I feel like I'm behind in. Right? I want to learn. I want to learn some more things. And he's like, "Come on down." And so I was headed down there. Now, our Facebook group had grown a lot. We didn't know what it was going to become, you know. Um, but I was already given social security advice in other Facebook groups and these people slid into my dms um they're still my friends today and they said hey joanna we own a call center doing med steps and we're doing about 400 deals a week and we're we've been struggling to learn mapd like we were contracted but nobody's really teaching us how to how to sell it when someone doesn't qualify or want to afford a med step and they said we want you to train us i said Huh? What? <laughs> like that sounds like like they were going to need what they call an MGA contract, right? Because they had like 30 employees in their office and I was now an MGA. Now I had like 15 uh, agents.
0: Oh, so they were going to contract under you?
1: They wanted to.
0: And okay, so, so I, bring gonna... this,
1: well, I bring this deal to Joe. I say, Joe, this sounds like it's above my pay grade. What do I do? And he goes, well, how about we split on it? You can help me do the admin work and I'm like 10 minutes away from them. I can go train them in their office. And so I was like, that sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a good business proposition. And I trusted Joe because he had shown up for me. Joe had shown up for me since 2018 when he wasn't making any money. Right. And so we were, Joe and I had become really good friends and we met this company and they did come under Joe. So they were quoted to Joe. And um, I'm still running business full-time in Atlanta. Uh, Agents are flocking to us from the Facebook group. And um, I I had been referring the agents to Joe that weren't really local to me or I didn't really know um, if they were a good fit. Like the seasoned agents I would put with Joe. I would take more of the newer agents, you know. And COVID hits and Joe and I are training agents online for free. And, and agents are still moving their contracts or contracting under us and contracting under me. And it was like crazy. They were scheduling themselves on my calendar and I, I was trying to see if I could help them, you know, because I remember it was like when nobody was answering my questions. And um, Joe said, hey, um, so we're in COVID and your money from AP is going to run out. And you're helping me work 18 hours a day onboarding this call center and everything because call center agents are really hard to get a hold of. They don't have the time to sit there and do their certifications like one of us. You know, the phone's ringing nonstop. Right. Anyways, so I decided to um, take a position with Joe. Uh, I think back then my title was vice president of agency development. I was the one responsible for all the agents training and everything. And agents were just coming over, flocking. And now, did I, you
0: have to give up your contracts when you took that? Or did you get to keep your contracts in your downline?
1: So all of my downline was transferred to Nationcare, the name of the company. And, but I was allowed to keep street level. Okay. Um. So I was, I was able to keep street level and still write, And I think that's what made me good build up because I was still writing as I was training. And I think that's important because how can I train you if I haven't done it in 10 years, 20 years, right? Um, Because things in Medicare change like daily. (laughs) Um, They do. Now hindsight 2020, I probably should not have had that responsibility. Uh, I took on way, I took on a lot, especially as a younger agent. Most people wouldn't have been able to do that. But with my knowledge from social security, I was really, I kind of had an acceleration on one piece of the business, right? Like 20 year agents still don't know what I know on the federal side. Um, So that, that accelerated me beyond the regular two year agent. You know, I really had the experience of like a, I don't know, five year, seven year agent on one side of the business, and so Joe usually did the sales training. I, I really w- had this thing and I'll just be honest. I felt like an imposter because I really didn't have that many consumers on my own, but I could recite everything. If you ask me extra help, Irma, even the, the consumer side of it, I knew because
0: I have this thing called a perfect
1: recall. That's oh, the best way I explain it.
0: You have perfect recall and you're constantly dropping what I call. JKBs in the Facebook group, <laughs> which is Joanna knowledge bombs. And so you know more about Medicare slash social security than most people. So even though you'd only been in the business for a short time, you still had so much knowledge, but yeah, a lot of us have imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and the imposter syndrome blocks us from growing our businesses, like you might have a mindset of, oh, I can only make X per year because Mm -hmm. above that, then for whatever reason, now I'm saying that with the full knowledge and you know, Joanna, I don't want to make a million dollars a year. I'm totally happy making just the six figures that I make. When I Mm -hmm. went into this business, I had a goal of the number of clients I wanted. I've surpassed that. And I don't market anymore because Mm -hmm. I I don't want to complicate my life. You know, my husband's 20 years older than me, he's got some medical problems, and so you know, it is what it is. But you can make this business whatever you want if you want to make, you know, part time thousand dollars a month or whatever, you can do that. If you want to make six figures, you can do that. If you want to make a million dollars or more a year, you can do that too. So, this business. You can do what you want to do and don't let that imposter syndrome stop you. So what did you do? I mean, so you, you joined Joe and you were running that business and you were getting a salary for that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you still could write your own business. So, and I know things have changed since then. So bring us up to now, like tell us. What's happening?
1: So I am
0: under some legal NDAs. So you left a company. I left a company. You left Mm -hmm. a company and you started doing something different. Yes.
1: So uh, Joe had decided to retire. He was going through some life changes on his own and he decided to leave the Medicare recruitment uh, side of the business. And he sold his portion of the company to somebody else. And, you know, it's, it was a different dynamic. It was no longer
0: the Joe and Joanna show. So you really joined that company because of Joe. And Joe's not there anymore. Right. So you decided it was time to move on.
1: Exactly. And I wanted to have full control over what my future was like. It's when people have different ideas of where the fu- the company is going and you're the minority owner, or so you think, you know, you want full, like in your business, you have full control. You can just not do anything today. Right. And so I wanted that for myself too. So I, I left and our separation agreement, I had about a hundred agents that were given to me as part of my equity um, in the company and other agents were still coming. Agents were still knocking on my door five times a day, you know, and um, that's how Top Flight Insurance was born. I was, um, I didn't know a lot at the time. I had done a lot of things that I wish, had I known what I know today, you know, I didn't make my LLC until 2022, but I got my license in 2016. I should have had an LLC in
0: 2019 you know what I'm saying? Sh- so we'll have to make that another um podcast yeah. episode where we talk about LLCs because you know, I really I, I really want the listener to understand that your Medicare journey, your your insurance journey, that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. It's a journey. We go in and we see these influencers and we think that they, you know, they came out of their mother's womb and all <laughs> of a sudden they are like this fantastic person that, that's making all this money and doing all of this business. And it's really a journey. It's really okay. a journey for all of us. And Joanne, I really appreciate your sharing that journey with us. And I can't wait till our next, and I don't know how far in the future, because next time I think we're going to be talking about my journey and where uh-huh. I am, but definitely we want to do that LLC episode so that the listeners can understand why an LLC is important. And I need to know for myself too, you know, Mm -hmm. so we will definitely do that. Is there anything that you want to say to the listener and viewer before we say goodbye on this episode?
1: Yeah what you're looking at today for someone's success is usually a lot of struggles from the beginning to the end. So who I am today is seven years in the making, you know, and I struggled for six and a half of them. (laughs) You know, I'm, we all do. I'm, I'm just Joanna from the block. You know, Um, I'm not a multimillionaire and it's still a, it's still a process. You know, I think, people misconstrue, you know, being an influencer to a lot of different things. And it's just because I have a loud voice and I was tired of seeing agents get screwed over like I
0: got screwed over. Well, thank you so much for all you do, Joanna. What you do is so important. And I, for one, appreciate you and I know the the listeners do too. And if you haven't heard of Joanna, you can find out more about her at Joanna, give your contact information that you'd like the listener and viewers to be able to to sure. contact you.
1: It's topflightagent.com.
0: Great. Perfect. And so thank you so much for listening and viewing with us today. And if you're interested in the directory, Mm -hmm. you can go to either certifiedmedicareagents.com. And if the Certified Medicare Agents is no longer accepting new agents, you can go to certifiedsenioragents.com. So thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.